to Seeing Color, a podcast that talks with cultural workers and artists of color in order to expand the area of what is a predominantly white space in the arts. I'm your host, Ziwon Chung. Hey everyone, I hope everyone is doing well. On this episode, I biked over to the Flower House, located in Wilkinsburg, a borough right next to Pittsburgh. The Flower House is a creative space cultivated by group-centered artists who practice cooperative economics to empower women and families. Naomi Chambers, a Pittsburgh-based painter and assemblage artist, also helps run the Flower House. I first met Naomi at a dinner for an event, but I also ran into her work at her solo show at the August Wilson Center. Kilolo Luckett, the curator of that show, and someone I interviewed in episode 6 also highly recommended I talk with Naomi. I'm glad I did, since Naomi was extremely generous with her time, and I also got to meet her beautiful daughter, Dottie. Naomi and I discussed how she found her way into the arts, the complexity of community-engaged art projects, and the development of the Flower House. Yes, I know, there are birds chirping throughout the conversation, but I didn't notice until after and during the editing process. Hopefully, they aren't too distracting. In any case, I hope you enjoy this. Yeah, and I first met Naomi actually at a weird event. We both we both got a Pittsburgh um, Creative Development Grant. Mm-hmm. And we were at this weird dinner party mm-hmm. where everyone was invited who got the award. And um, it was an interesting mishmash. It was. Uh, I believe that's where Didn't you bring Dottie there? I brought Dottie. Yeah. I brought Dottie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was really adorable. Yeah, let's start with how's your day? What'd you, what, what have you been up to? Uh, my day has been awesome so far. I woke up and was like, wow. I had a nice cup of coffee while I watched Breakfast Club interview it was like carly red or something it was who were they interviewing carly red <laughs> and i was like interested because i just i only know her from love and hip-hop so i wanted yeah. to see like what else is this woman about yeah so it was, it was um she's like a serious actress she yeah. like went to juilliard and like oh, really? alvin ailey for dance like yeah she's oh. like a serious entertainer but at least she was seriously trained Right, right, and like, right. Then I just know her from reality TV, which is kind of cool. And um, she's absolutely cool with it. Loves reality TV. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was nice. And then we uh, went over to D Briggs Studio and started working on a project that we'll be doing all month. I'm really excited about. We were pulled in to work on um LNS, uh Sui's like huge hanging. Of, it, to me, it's like a tapestry. Yeah. But it'll be uh, hanging over the facade for um, Carnegie International. So that's like the probably the highlight of my summer yeah. right now. It, it was grueling. It yeah. was a hard day. Like, it's not like glamorous <laughs> at all. It was. I mean, yeah. you look at those tapestries, uh, well, um, sculpture, painting tapestries, and you know there's a lot of labor that goes mm-hmm. into it. Definitely. Definitely. And like I was thought I was ready because like I was like, it's going to be hot. We're going to be outside. It's going to be sharp things and tools. But yeah, I don't think I was quite ready. Yeah. yeah. And the actual tapestry that 
is being shipped, but you're right now making the structure for it? Or? There are, there's going to be, it's so large that most of it's going to be made here in Pittsburgh. Okay. But there's going to be like a special little like, it's kind of going to be like a ornament on this other large facade. Okay. That uh, is going to be made in Nigeria with on his campus and shipped here. And so it's going to be really awesome. Like yeah. I cannot wait to see everything like come together and yeah. It's really cool. It's like um, me, Darnell, and a bunch of the youth here in Wilkinsburg, teenagers, and other other. It's it's actually a mismatch of ages, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was all people selected by D. Yeah, yeah. and people that like she knew in the neighborhood. Yeah, um, neighbors because like she wanted to keep it kind of true to how L works. He works with villagers where his studio is, mm-hmm. and so. The studio is in Wilkins. Her studio is in Wilkinsburg. Right, and she right. has like all these people that she knows. Yeah. And so a lot of people are learning new things. Yeah. And being part of a new experience. So yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to be a part of it. I don't think I've ever handled something that expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? No. Like, like that's just, it's just crazy to even think about like how much that mm-hmm. piece uh, could be worth I have no idea it just probably blows my mind yeah yeah you know and then to be handling that and mm-hmm. fabricating it it's so exciting because I think everybody is like working with the mindset of like we think we know what this is gonna look like yeah yeah but it's like I think that's the beauty of it we're all moving in a direction and it's like we don't know what the final is gonna really be and is the blue is the blueprint for how it's made pretty clear mm-hmm. it's pretty clear it's just that since it's our first time like it's Everyone here's first time yeah. doing something like this. Yeah. Even D's like, you know, I I do this, this is this, but not this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 fun. It's really a lot of like curious things that we're like able to learn. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so why don't you talk a bit about how you got into art, um, how maybe the history of the flower heart how- of the flower house, but mm-hmm. you can maybe split that into two parts. Up to you. Okay. Yeah. 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 They. I mean, they come into each other eventually. But how I got into art, um, I say my mother. Uh, she always had us doing things. Yeah. Um, I am the youngest girl of seven, and if my brothers had the TV. We had to be doing something else because they would be playing video games. And, and they're they like the majority. It. Right. They will yeah. hog it. Um, and so, like, I would usually read. But if I was tired of reading, which was rare, but I would always find other things to do. Yeah. Um, one thing, I was, like, a huge crafter. And then my mom also would keep these, like, drawing, like, how-to books. And so, like, her thing was everything's made of shapes. So she would always, like, have <laughs> us, like, drawing shapes and yeah. different things. When I was, like, re- like Dottie's age, she had, like, an easel for me set up. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, while my brothers and sisters were out to school, I would just, like, paint. And I forgot about that until, probably until I was in college, that, like, I would love to just paint before I started school. And, like, I would do that all the time. Where did you go to college? Um, I went to Pitt. Okay. I went to Pitt. I went to Pitt because I didn't know... I didn't know if I even wanted to go to school. Like uh-huh. at the, uh, it's like okay. So after I wanted to be a, a doctor, and then after I realized I didn't want to be a doctor, that was like maybe my junior year. Yeah. Going into my senior, year, I was like, what am I gonna do? Like I had taken all these math and science classes, and like I really thought that that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then my senior year, being that I had taken like doubled up on all my math and science, I needed an art elective. 
And like I'd always done crafting. Like I would spend all my like paper money on like because I, I was a paper girl mm-hmm. in middle school on like Joanne fabrics. And like yeah. I love building things. Yeah. I would use my old anything and yeah. create all this stuff. But I never knew that I was like creating art i just thought i was like doing stuff because i was bored and you didn't have a model for nope. for how that even could be something no, i didn't yeah. like um my dad was a doctor so that's what i thought i wanted to be a Your doctor dad was a doctor yeah mm-hmm. so i was like oh i want to be a doctor but um i did there was one uh artist in my life but i didn't i never thought about this artist it was um a friend of mine's father mm-hmm. and i would see him on the bus like going to his different uh teaching gigs and things Mm -hmm. but I never really thought about it until later he was the one artist that was in my life growing up but yeah so I was uh my senior year I needed an art elective and so like I took this class and I had this teacher that just started that year Uh and she like she wasn't there long because even after I left she had left after that yeah but um she taught me so much in that year and I just loved it like I just wanted more and more yeah 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 and she had told me she was like you could be a great artist and I was like what are you talking about she was just like you know you have really good ideas yeah. and like I, that was one thing people had told me but she was like art great art is 80% good ideas and 20% like you know skill and technical mm. abilities and she was like you can always pick that up yeah and I was like art I could be an artist and it was yeah. just something I just started playing around with in my head and I yeah. would like watch different movies and people would be artists. And I was like, I really liked the idea of creating. I would always, I, I had a half day, so I would spend like the rest of my day in my art class. And then, so it was time for me to think about college and I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore mm-hmm. because like my math and science stuff, I just wasn't into it. Yeah. And I was like, what if I was like an artist? Like I could really learn more. And yeah. so when I applied, I went to like a decision day for Pitt and they were like yeah what's the decision decision day day is like they tell you that day like you fill out an application Uh for the school fill out when you come back they let you know whether or not you're accepted within one day within one day and so like I was I was like under all this pressure about school I went to decision day and they accepted me and I was like I'm done yeah I was like you guys got art and they were like (laughs) this is your senior year this is my senior year so I was like okay I'm gonna go to Pitt uh-huh. And then um, my mom was like, I, I like that you like art. My mom was, you know. Practical. Um, yeah. She was yeah. like, she, she she did art, you know, at home. Yeah. My dad also used to paint and uh, draw. So they were like, we're really glad you like art, but can you add something to it? Uh-huh. So um, I, w- I went in undecided and I took a lot of business classes, a lot uh-huh. of art classes, and I ended up graduating with a degree in business and a degree in studio arts. Mm-hmm. But after taking all my marketing classes, I knew that I didn't want to be a marketer Yeah, because uh, like they teach you all the ways to like make people want stuff they don't need. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to contribute to that. Like, yeah. I don't want that to be my life. Like, I feel like I'm already bamboozled onto <laughs> once in half the stuff I have. Yeah. And like, I'm a pack rat and everything else. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I want to learn how to like use my creativity for like better things yeah. and to like change the world and help people. So um, after school, I was just like, mom, dad, I want to be an artist. And they were like, okay. <laughs> I don't, they were like, uh, what do you need from us? Like, it's like, uh, I need to stay a little bit longer than I thought. And I'm just going to get a job and just keep doing my art. Stay longer. So they expect you to leave Pittsburgh. Um, they expected me to probably leave their house. (laughs) They didn't care if I left Pittsburgh, but they definitely wanted me to probably leave their house and they were okay with 
me staying a little bit longer. I only ended up staying like a year longer. Yeah. But they gave me enough time to like do some art and do like a job yeah. instead of a, a get, career. Get your footing. Yeah, because yeah. they expect you like, you know, I paid for you to go to school. They paid for two years of school. And then I like got a job at Verizon Wireless and paid for like and my last three years. And your in-state tuition too. Mm-hmm. And I paid for my last three years uh, off of the Verizon Wireless had this like really good like tuition assistance program. Uh-huh. So like I worked there. And, and they contribute to your tuition. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was cool. It was cool. But also, it was a lot of work with being an art student and a business student. Like, yeah. the workload is, you understand. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's insane. Google Studio just takes right. a lot of time. I don't even know how I, like, did that yeah. when I think about it. Because I get tired just, like, looking at the sun. Yeah, I'm always conflicted because especially with, like, grad school. Grad mm-hmm. school can be expensive. And then I'm always conflicted, like... On one hand, I don't think you should be working because you need that time. But the mm-hmm. other hand, it's like money's money. Money is money. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard unless you can find a job that somehow can, like, seamlessly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's difficult. I did a lot of, um, did a lot of, at least grad school, I did a lot of uh, monitoring jobs. Like, mm-hmm. woodshop monitors, uh, metal shop monitor, where, mm-hmm. like, it's not mentally and physically taxing. Yeah, yeah. That's the stuff that you hope for. Um, but after school, that's when, like, I feel like my true journey began as an artist because, uh, I didn't even call myself an artist while I was in in undergrad. Like I would say I'm an art student. Yeah. People would be like, oh, so you're an artist. I was like, well, I'm studying art. I'm studying to be (laughs) art. I was like really nervous about calling myself an artist. Yes. Because it's heavy. It is heavy. It's heavy. People are always like, well, show me some of your work. And then they're just like, it's, it's a lot. And so I I would just be like, oh, I'm just studying, blah, blah, blah. And then after having all those like small jobs, because like I would try to like work at a restaurant so I could still do my art or I would try to work at like retail was really like I did Nordstrom for a couple of years and there is stock jobs and stuff like that, Um, which actually ended up playing largely into my work. But I would do these jobs that were just like so depressing (laughs) because at the end of the day, and then so like I think those are the jobs that made me like solidify, made me realize that I need to just do my art and whatever that takes. Like because otherwise I would just be like really just sad yeah. and I wasn't because sometimes I would get so much into just working yeah. that I wasn't doing my work. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, you're defeating the the point of taking a job like yeah, this. Yeah. So like I I really had to like pull myself into being an artist and like doing the work and doing yeah. the work and yeah. the more I did the mm-hmm. work I was like yo I'm an artist and that's something no one is ever gonna like pull from me yeah. like I don't care like it's you so, need that you need that kind of nine to five job mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. to realize that mm-hmm. you know a lot of times I think undergrads you know they ask me when should I apply to grad school and I always say like you should get a nine to five job see if you know, like mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with a nine to five job, no. you know, and if you're happy yeah. doing it, like that's a lot less stressful mm-hmm. than otherwise. But I think I, you know, it took me four years to call myself an artist yeah. Yeah. after, after graduating yeah. undergrads, you know, I was like, yeah. I was first an SAT teacher and then I was a web designer, uh-huh. but those are always first. Right. Like if someone asked me, like, what are you doing? I'd be like, I'm, I'm a web designer. Yeah. And then I wouldn't really talk about like, I Your didn't art. have the guts to say I, I, I'm an artist. Yeah, because people just think you're like, 
they don't take you seriously. It's like, well, what is the artist? Yeah, doing? or they're like, right. are you represented by gallery? Or oh, they will first be like, well, so what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have a gallery? Do you have shows? Mm-hmm. And it's like you that on top of maybe not feeling confident about your own work mm-hmm. make at least for me made me not want to say I'm an artist. Right. I still don't have shows or galleries, really. Right. But at least now I'm confident about my work. Right. And that has allowed me to say I'm an artist. That, that's exactly what it was, too. Like, I, for a long time, I didn't know. I was too worried about what people would ask me or demand from me when I said I was an artist. Yeah. But it's just like, once I got to the point where I was like, I know what I am. Like, yeah. It was those jobs that beat me into, yeah, yeah. <laughs> into being like, okay, this is what I am. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I can't do anything else but create art. Like, yeah, I have yeah. to create. So I was just like, I have to be an artist. Right, right, right. And then it just didn't matter if people were like, well, where are you at? And who rep? It's like, I, I create art. That was just it. I had yeah. to learn that for myself. Because um, I don't know. I think in school, like, you're so in awe of, like, all the artists that you study and mm-hmm. all the the big spaces and everything that you learn about that you have to, like, figure out where your place is yeah. in the whole, like, scheme of everything. Yeah. Because it's just, like, art is one of those larger-than-life fields mm-hmm. that you have to be aware of where you are. Yeah. Yeah, so... How was uh, what? How was school? How was it as a Pip was for studio art? Awesome. People ask me all the time. I love Pip because, like, me not knowing anything about the art world and just being like, "Hey, I'm gonna study art." It was like <laughs> it was a good like. It was no pressure, like absolutely no pressure. Yeah. But it was so much like available to you. Like all my teachers were practicing artists and they were like really into you finding your voice. Mm. Like and they were really hard on you, mm. but not in a like I'm that not in a way that kills your spirit. Yeah. Like I had the my first semester I had this artist I mean this teacher and I couldn't like get his his vibe like he was never excited about anything that you brought in yeah, yeah but like it didn't matter like i remember the first time he gave me an a for something yeah it was like the best thing in the world because yeah. like i would always get b minuses i would always end up you know following the prompt i'm good at following the prompt i can yeah. get the prompt you know what yeah. i mean but it's just like at a certain time he understood it was design uh-huh and so design is one of those classes that, you know, you have to follow these rules. Yeah. And so, like, it, I finally got past the point of following the rules and actually understanding good design. And yeah. he gave me an A. Mm. And then, like, it gave me confidence in all the classes I took after that. Like, yeah. I felt, I feel like that was the perfect class to take first. Yeah. Because after that, it was just like I, I knew I at least understand good design. I can do everything else. Yeah. Like, I understand this stuff. Yeah, and all my teachers were like that. I had one teacher that I didn't really care for, but <laughs> it was because, like, I think that um, I just don't think she liked me. <laughs> I don't, but I don't know if it was like me personally. Right. She just didn't care for my. Uh, you know how certain artists are a certain way. I yeah. think like she just didn't care for the way I was as yeah. an artist. Just yeah. personality wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but. Like, yeah, I had really cool teachers that I still talk to this day. We're actually, Pitt is actually having their first alumni show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you invited? I'm invited. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're cool. Everyone who wishes to be 
a part of it. It's going to be a part of it, which is kind of like, I don't know how this is going to happen because there's a lot of alumni. Yeah. So um, I guess it's kind of like if you catch it. In the Frick? I think it's at the Frick. Yeah. So this is going to be like really like awesome. The last time I was at the Frick was probably in 2009. Yeah. It'll be like salon style. Yeah, it would yeah. be cool because you get to pick their piece, too. Yeah. So we did just have size constraints, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to send a nice little itty-bitty. I don't know if I'm going to send a painting, though, or an assemblage yet, but we'll figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. And then now, right now, you've just um, finished up a solo show at the August Wilson Center. Yeah. All your stuff got shipped back. Yeah. It's, uh, like- all, it's all wrapped up nicely. How was that experience like? Um, and what was that journey like from, you know? Not sure about yourself at Pitt to getting a solo show at yeah. uh, the August Wilson. Um, that that the space in between that was all about me getting uh, my confidence up. In two thousand and twelve, that's when I was like, okay, I'm really gonna start taking this art stuff mm-hmm. seriously. Like I graduated in now, but yeah. I was like doing all the like yeah. I would do little stuff here and there, but I wasn't really feeding myself yeah, as yeah. far as the art goes. I had a meeting with one of my art teachers, one of my professors, Barbara, and she was just like, just go for it. She was like, just decide what you want to do. And she was like giving me all these like pointers and tips and people to call and things mm-hmm. to do. And I was like, okay, thank you. And I was like, I'm, I'm talking about it with other people. So it kind of was pushing me into like really doing it. I went to China with my brother the summer of 2012. Uh-huh. And that was like, the moment like when I was there I was there for a month I was in Beijing Shanghai and Xi'an mm-hmm. and that's more than me <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing yeah. it was like and I feel like there is when I saw like everyone just doing themselves what like do you mean? they were just working like everyone there was no one just sitting around mm. like everyone was just like just doing the most of what they had. Mm-hmm. There were people riding their bikes with like mattresses like strapped to it. And they're just like riding down a busy street in yeah. Shanghai. There's like children like just like holding on to their grandparents yeah, just riding. Yeah. And it's just like everybody was just like in motion. Yeah. And I was like, yo, what am I doing with my life? Like yeah. I wait around too much. Yeah. And it's just like it was just different. Yeah. So when I came back. I just felt like, and then too, like I visited the Great Wall and when we were there, my brother, we did this exercise with some of the students where we were like, what are you leaving when you leave the Great Wall? What are you leaving here? Mm. Is, that so a, like, is that a thing? People leave things? I don't know, uh, but it worked. Like uh, when yeah. you, you would think about that thing that you wanted to change in your life and yeah. then you would leave it there and I left laziness uh. <laughs> and stagnation there. And uh, That's a good thing to leave it, behind. It it worked. Mm-hmm. Like just when I got back, I just I got a studio and I just started working. Mm-hmm. And I just was constantly working on my art and I set a date to have a show. Yeah. And um I I did my own show. I was like, I'm gonna have a show. I found a space that would like let me like rent it out. It was a, a little gallery space called Urban Canvas on okay. Craig Street. Okay. It's no longer there. It's no longer there. Yeah, it was it was a this really was when, nice 2012? This was two thousand twelve. Okay. I yep. came here two thousand thirteen. So it was, it was a nice space. Yeah, yeah, it was cute. And then like it kind of fit me already in my style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um I gave him like a hundred dollars or however much it cost to rent the space out and I invited a bunch of people. It was amazing. Like everybody's response to my work 
the best is when people don't know that you're even an artist mm. and then they come through and they're like yo you did all this work yeah and i'm just like yeah and after the first one i was like i need more and so like i had the the next i said another one for 2015 mm-hmm. and i rented out boom mm-hmm. and i did a show there on pen Ave. on pen avenue mm-hmm. and it was really exciting i had an even bigger crowd of people came through for the opening and then I think that was like I had my show in the end of January because my birthday is January 29th and then so for February for Black History Month Kinsel like paired my work that was up with another uh, artist and oh. so like we shared February which was not ideal but that was also a learning part for me like learning like what what you want your art to be presented because like mm-hmm. i was still still fresh i was like i i like the show was amazing like yeah. the one that i put up i was really excited about um and then i was like yeah i don't mind you know sharing february it would be good for black history month <sighs> but you didn't like that pairing no mm. no no like and like I, the your work paired specifically with well, or you i li- didn't um the, <laughs> me and the artists were like we didn't know each other. Yeah. It wasn't like, you know, like, we just didn't know each other. Yeah, yeah. He was cool, but I think we both were like, I don't know yeah. about this. Yeah. But um, it was, it was, it was an experience to learn, like, how you want to be represented, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if I would have went through things like that, that I would have, like, taken that as seriously. Like, yeah. I think I'm... I'm growing into like being able to be like, okay, this, that, this, and that. Yeah, yeah. Like some people are already like that. Yeah. Like my two year old is already like yeah. that. Yeah, is she? <laughs> Me, uh, I'm getting there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like learning how to speak up for like your vision yeah. is something that like I'm, I have to stay on myself about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. In keeping with it, every two years in 2015, three months or 2016. Wow, that wasn't two years. It's a year. Wow. So yeah, a year, three months after Dottie was born, uh, I had another solo show at Assemble, which was really cool. And keeping with, I do my shows based off of like things that I want to happen in my life. So manifesting things through my artwork. Mm-hmm. So I feel like. When I do my artwork, I'm, like, super being, like, intentional about things. So, like, I try to do imagery that I, like, want to come to pass Mm -hmm. or that I really want to have energy surrounding those, like, moments in my life or things I want to see. So, my first show, I didn't do as much in that. I think I was just, like, trying to just work. Yeah. My second show, uh, Bachelorette Pet at Boom, was, like, one of my favorite shows because it was, like, I had... A situation where I had to move back into my parents' house because, like, the apartment I was at, someone it was like a really dangerous situation, and I was back in my parents' house, and it was just like, man, I really want my own space again to like work in mm-hmm. and to like exist in. And so, with that show, like, every piece was dedicated to um, if I were to create a space, what would that space look like for me? And so, that's what the the images were, mm. and. Like, literally, probably, like, three months after that, like, I moved into my own space. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the show Assemble, at Assemble was um, Family Room. Mm-hmm. Me and Darnell had just started our family. 
And so, like, I wanted to create a space for our family. And so that's what I was able to do. As um, a solo show. That, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. As a solo show. So that one was like, um, it was kind of set up like a, both of them were set up like a domestic arrangements yeah, and yeah. things like I made sure like I brought in couches and different lamps and stuff that I liked and yeah, yeah. had set little things that like would be in my space so it was really nice and then even the, the show on August Wilson like that one was like creating a space for this community yeah. in the future or it Can was you talk more about that yeah um and how'd you how'd you end up getting getting that set up the show uh at this point, thank God, just like staying active, yeah. people were like paying attention to my work. Yeah, yeah. And I was starting to feel a little bit more Confidence? able to share it. Yeah, because yeah, getting to that point of sharing it was, was a lot for me. Yeah. Um, and so like Kilolo had approached me. She had called me and asked if I wanted to do either a solo show at the August Wilson Center or a group show. Yeah, there's Kalila Luckett of, yeah, of, 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 of August Wilson. Yep, acting cur- curator mm-hmm. um, at August Wilson Center. And I was like nervous. I was like a solo show. The first show. meeting. Yeah, yeah, I was really nervous because like um, like a solo show. And I was like, my, my daughter is one and some change. And I actually was like chilling on yeah. art. Like if she, asked, I'm thinking in my head, like, man, if she asked me when I was like in crazy art maker mode, like a year and a half ago, this would be perfect. But I was like nervous. I was like, man. And I was like, the August Wilson Center, like I have to come correct. And none of the work that I have currently is what I would want to present. Yeah. And then also I was just like, I was also really excited because I had this show in my brain mm. that I actually wanted to to put out on a yeah. large scale like the August Wilson Center was able to afford me. And so, uh, so I brought her back. What was that image in your head of the show um, you put on? Bright. And just like people being able to walk into like a, a different world. Mm-hmm. Not a new one per se, like, because I wanted all the things that, like, we were familiar with to be present, but, like, comfortable things mm-hmm. to be there. The show in my head, I had been, like, going and thinking about survival a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, being married to Darnell Chambers, who is, like, he's, like, a um, like a amateur survivalist, mm-hmm. I guess that we would Wait, say. Wait, actually? Like, he'll, yes. he'll do, yeah, like, wildlife he, stuff? Yeah, like, oh. if, <laughs> he'll, like, go... To like a park somewhere and like practice building fires and stuff like he like he, that's what he enjoys doing. Yeah, okay. And so like it kind of like all the talk and like he'll he like talks to me about different things and ideas that he had. Like eventually that started to rub off on me. So I've been thinking about survivalism a lot. And in the past show, like a uh, bachelorette pet, I had uh, did like Maslow's. A hierarchy of needs and that one for myself mm-hmm. and so like I started to think about what that would look like if I applied it to a community of people particularly mm-hmm. black people mm-hmm. because I feel like the hierarchy of needs if I apply it to myself I can get good outcomes but when I try to apply it to like the black people here in Pittsburgh or if I elsewhere if you spread that yeah it, it didn't fit like there's mm-hmm. no way because like for one like the second or well, the first step is like, you know, your physiological needs and like those for most of us just aren't at met yeah. on any like 
real level, but yet we're st- a lot of us are still surviving. So yeah, it's just yeah. like this, like, and then the next one is just like uh, belonging. And it's just like, we've never belonged here. Yeah, mm, yeah. So like the whole thing is knocked off the chart. Yeah. So it's just like, I started to think about, well, some of us have this stage down pat and some of us might have this stage down pat. So yeah. like would ours would be like this, like crisscrossing, yeah, yeah. this like curvy. So it wouldn't exactly be a hierarchy, but if we came together and figured it out, we we could still do this. We can get this like self-actualization thing yeah. to happen, mm. um, but it would have to be a community effort. Um, so I had that as my basis for the show. And then I just started doing like, visuals for what the physiological needs would be so like lots of sleep the shelter i decided i want to like houses Mm -hmm. in the space i wanted things that made people feel secure comfortable able to rest i wanted (laughs) familiar things in the space yeah yeah. and then to actually get to some sort of self-actualization imagery and visualization what would that look like just so that we could start trying to like get started on that process yeah. together. So I would I would love to do the show again, but with like more input from other people. Mm. Like instead of because like most of it was from my brain right. and my experience of what mm. this looks like, what that looks like, my yeah. memories, my feelings on certain things. Like it would be amazing to see that as a group show yeah. for me. Um, it'd be a very different show it would be a very different show and it it would it would kind of like i wonder if we could get to some solution yeah by doing it or if i did the show and then had more like input from community members yeah and then i would take that and like come up with different imagery based off what they told me but like i would love to see to do that show again but more solution oriented yeah yeah i mean in some ways you're aiming towards that with your project in the flower house, right? Yes. That is the reason why we want flower house to be you want, here. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. Also, if you want, if you could so kindly retell that story about why it's called the flower house. Yes, I definitely. That. I love that story. Um, no, yeah. Flower house. We'll start with the name. I was born in Hazelwood uh-huh. and we lived on flowers Ave and I told you guys that I'm the youngest uh, girl of seven. I'm my parents' youngest child. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was the last child that they had in Hazelwood. And as soon as I was like one, they moved. But like from probably like one to 10 or 11, like my parents would uh, take my brothers and sisters back uh, to visit. And then my brothers and sisters will always tell me these stories like, and they sounded so cool. Like, they would have so much fun in Hazelwood. Yeah. And, like, my neighborhood was kind of, like, boring. And so, like, the neighborhood that in childhood that I had was very different than their childhood. Like, theirs was, like, bright and exciting. And yeah. Everybody had these cool names and everything. And so, like, they would always tell these stories. And um, I had went back to Hazelwood when I was, like, a young adult to try to get this residency, this artist residency. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go see the old house on flowers. So I went to go check the house out. It was just abandoned and empty. And it just was like, really? It was a buzzkill because like 
all that like I was thinking about my family going in and out and running up and down the steps and yeah, I was yeah. just like wow this house holds like my history yeah yeah and now it's just sitting here and so like I had the idea to rehab the house and like actually the whole sh- a lot of the sh- houses on the street were like that yeah and so like I had this idea to rehab the house and uh, create an art space there where people can it could hold stories and people can tell stories and create things based off their stories and so like on the the basement because it was a um, multi-unit home Mm-hmm. Uh, the basement would be the workshop area. The second floor would be exhibition space, and the the top floor I wanted to be uh living for visiting artists that would hold workshops mm-hmm. downstairs for the community members to come and start getting their stories out there. Because, like I said, like Hazelwood was changing; it was like empty, but then it was like going towards this like gentrification mm-hmm. further down. And so I was just like, I want to be able to like hold on to some of those things that happened here. And so like outside, I wanted to cover like the the facade with these flowers that they would make in the workshops. So like I wanted to hold workshops every week or every month until we made enough to just cover the whole space, yeah, the whole yeah. house. Yeah. So flower house was that. And also my, my brothers and sisters would always say, Oh yeah, the house on flowers, the house mm, on flowers. So yeah. it was like this, this beautiful place to be. Yeah. Um, and in, so like, in memory, in memory. Yeah. Right. And so like originally we were going to use that house, me and Darnell, um, because come to find out he always wanted to run a community art space as well, because mm-hmm. like art had helped him through so many like traumatic things in his life. Mm-hmm. And like, we just knew and recognized the power of art. Mm-hmm. And so like, we wanted to, share that with more people that particular house is still for sale i think it was like five thousand dollars but the work that we would have had to put in was like not what we yeah. could afford at this point yeah, um yeah. so we were just like we're still excited and antsy to get started on yeah, like yeah. doing this life-changing work so we started looking for spaces in neighborhoods that needed us and spaces that were for rent and uh Wilkinsburg. Yeah. And so what so what has been the mission statement of the Flower House? Um, and what are some of the things that you do here too? Yeah. Um the statement the mission statement is to empower families through arts education. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that we do here is we hold workshops and we also invite the community members to come in and hold workshops here for free. We also rent the space out for people that wanna because not everyone has the luxury to share for free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um but so they can either rent the space out or charge at the door and then like flower house will get 30 percent of mm-hmm. whatever they make so that we can continue to be here and um it's been exciting so far we've developed a relationship with the community members one of the things that we said when we opened because it, it's not just me and darnell mm-hmm. there are other artists involved thank god for you guys <laughs> <laughs> no seriously because it's a lot of work yeah um yeah. and one of the things that we said when we started is like we didn't want flower house to just be this space that like we determine everything mm. we wanted to kind of leave it open so that like it's flexible enough for the community to make it into what they need and so that sounded really cool when we first said it and we still believe in that but you also realize that like the community needs so much that it's just like 
these this this is the time where we're trying to figure out like what can we actually deliver on mm. for people that like have real needs right so we we are trying to figure out what we can best do for this community because um we really want to we really want to change things yeah so um so how what i guess how have you gone about doing that and i asked that most also because i've never done something like mm-hmm. that and also i've heard so many artists doing this mm-hmm. in ways that oftentimes seem you know Oftentimes, it's someone who doesn't live in the community, yeah. and then they come in uh, as the artist of change, mm-hmm. which can, you know, as someone who is not from that community, mm-hmm. can be very detrimental. Yeah, and it creates a sort of barrier or mm-hmm. hierarchy, right? Uh, because you know they have the means to come in and and do that and yeah. do that. I think one of the things that has helped is that we are who we seek to serve Mm -hmm. like me and darnell when we decided to do this we we really pulled funds from like family and friends and other artists and our goal was for the community to support it Mm -hmm. like we were like we're not going to be a nonprofit. why not why not um mainly because we feel like if the community doesn't support us. We don't deserve to be here. Hmm. And that's just an interesting way to put it. Yeah, I, I mean, never... it's it's like I feel like if they really need us, yeah, we will be here. Hmm. And so far, it's been that like we don't have a lot of funds. Like Darnell has um, teaching artist funds that he gets. Yeah, yeah. But that's like for us to live on. You know what I mean? So it's like we still have to pay rent and it's been happening. Like besides the collective, you know, we pull money for them from the collective and other things. have. But we've just been covered. Like I couldn't tell you like, you know, in business school, like I learned how to write a business plan. I learned like how to do your projections and you're this and you're that. And it's like. There's no projection that would have told you we'd made it to yeah. month 15. Like, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's it's been a blessing. Like, I do feel like, you know, the children popping in and, like, checking on us and, like, coming yeah. in and, like, asking what they can do. It's It means something. And I think that's the reason why we're still here. Yeah. Ask me again at the end of this yeah. year. <laughs> okay. But it hasn't been easy at all. There's yeah. been times where we both have sat down and be like, yo, what are we doing? There's been times where you feel like you're working and no one cares. You know what I mean? Including the people that you're working for. Yeah. But they didn't ask for us to be here. Yeah. So it's just like getting to the point of believing that you need to be here and just making sure by any means possible that mm-hmm. you remain here. So... It's been really interesting. We live here in Wilkinsburg now as of a couple months ago before we lived in Swissville. Mm -hmm. A couple neighborhoods over. But, yeah, I feel like they were treated as community members. I think the biggest thing was the children welcoming us. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like everyone else kind of was like, oh, okay. The kids go here. Oh, that's really nice, you guys. But it's the thing we're trying to do is we want people to know that we're here for, like, families. We're here for adults. We're here for children. We want everyone to come utilize the space. Yeah. So that's what we're working on now. 
we haven't cracked that. Yeah. I feel like this year where that's our attempt to go to other spaces that have been successful with mm-hmm. getting community engagement yeah. and like trying to see what they do yeah. and just seeing what's going to work for Wilkinsburg. Yeah. Cause it's a, it's a unique place. Wilkinsburg has like the highest uh, abandoned properties yeah. and like a lot of artists are moving in here. Yes. Which is also pretty interesting. Like I said, we're only like 15 months in the game here. And so I feel like, like maybe around the same time slash a little further down, there's been a lot of artists. There's already were a lot of artists here, but they're kind of like, like uh, we're not connected. Yeah. And yeah. so now we're like coming together and connecting. Yeah, um, yeah. And it should be pretty interesting. I don't think, I think, I don't think it'll be a bad thing. They say, you know, when the artists move in, yeah. the developers are next. But I think Wilkinsburg's going to be different because yeah. it, it's it's such a different area. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird things about Wilkinsburg that makes it hard to yeah. just be developed without people having a real say. So, and I, I think, too, the residents that live here, a lot of them are lifelong residents. And, and own the property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's going to be a little different than, like, other places well wait and see if if amazon comes that might change things yeah i don't know where amazon was fit but yeah. Though, yeah everyone keeps here talking about it at least and, yeah and then i didn't even think that we were on the table I, I thought we i thought we didn't pass like the first there but, was like a couple phases i didn't know we were but on now the everyone's table. talking about it like it is and i'm like do we even is are they i don't know yeah you know i'll be interesting Hopefully it's a good interesting. I don't know. People are like, did you hear about the people that are demanding to know like what, what? Pittsburgh offered them? Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Me and my dad have had conversations about that. Why you think they should or Um I they can't make them. Yeah. I do I I would be curious. Mm-hmm. And I understand people's desire or demand. yeah, they're concerned. Like it makes a like a heck of a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I know how the business world is, and they don't owe, they don't owe it to, to us to to show and share their secrets. But uh, I do. I think they should. You know what? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think they should. I really do. I know it. Yeah, I think that certain things. Like what? What? What specifically do you want to know? I, I think transparency is probably where. I, like people are suffering the way that they are. Like we don't demand transparency. Mm-hmm. And I do think like if you're not being shady, what's the what's yeah, the why, harm? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you can say, well, we're giving up our business secrets to other cities or X, Y, and Z, but it's like they've got consultants and brains and everything too. Like they can come up with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're not inventing the wheel. You're probably just fucking people over. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think, know. yeah, I, th- I don't think there's any anyone who's rich who hasn't fucked someone over. Right, right. That's how it happens. I mean, every every nation that's top right now, it's, mm-hmm. all, it's all blood money. Right. You know? And I just, I feel like the, the creator in me is like, can we think of other ways to, like, succeed and not fuck people over? Like, does that, I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out, that's one question. But I have realized that that's not a question I can focus on right now. That's yeah. my next question. Yesterday, I got another question because I went to Pittsburgh Center for Creative Reuse. Uh-huh. They have like an educator's empowerment training. And so like I'm trying to get more ideas to do here. And so uh, 
the question arose to me, like, what's the history of trash? Of trash. Because, yeah. Mm. So, like, we were talking about, like, because uh, mo- a lot of my art, I reuse. Mm-hmm. I use a lot of reusable materials and things. So, like, I love that. It makes sense to me innately. But I never really thought about, like, how, what we did with trash before, like, the industrial revolution. revolution. Yeah. So, I think that's one thing that I want to figure out first and then i'll start thinking about like if there's a way to succeed without yeah. messing people over. or maybe i can figure out a way to do them yeah. simultaneously yeah yeah so, yeah yeah anyway yeah there's a if you ever happen to live in the bay area there's a there's a pretty famous residency at a trash site called recology yeah i don't even know about it recology now look into and it. uh it's, it's like um if you get the residency it's like an interesting trash site because it's silicon valley so it's like a lot of like mm. high-end trash mm-hmm. that you wouldn't normally see and see. you have you have access to most of what gets discarded there yeah you learn about the history of it i, I did a tour of it and it's like they're um i think they're like at 70 percent recyclable and mm-hmm. they you learn about all the different ways that they're why did you decide to do the tour uh i did a residency in um in berkeley and yeah and so I just, I knew a few people who did it and they right. were like, just check it out. Right. Because, you know, it's a really unique place. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's certain things that I'm trying to decide, like, if I'm really about that life. Because like, you know how like you start to pay attention to things and then it's like, oh man, I have to change this and change yeah. that. And it's like, I don't know. I'm trying to decide what I'm really committed to. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, especially like with Flower House, there's certain things I thought I was like about. And it's like, yeah, actually, I'm not committed to people being able to have like access to me. 24-7. Yeah. It it definitely became that like at different times. Like people wouldn't know that we're here. And they're like, hey. Yeah, knocking. mm -hmm, Yeah. Like X, I need this or this. And it's just like, man. Yeah, you need you need to create uh, barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm trying to figure out what I'm really, really, honestly about. Yeah, it's hard because like things sound good and they're like, Dick. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and also just any any sort of community space, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, I think, one of the things that I always thought was so hard about any sort of community practice or socially engaged art is art is inherently egotistical. Mm-hmm. Right, but then as soon as you have a community house or any sort of social engagement, supposedly I put this in quotes, air quotes. Supposedly you are, you know, doing this for other people, mm-hmm. but it it that's a that's a complete contradiction in how art works. Mm-hmm. And I think you can see that happening a lot in a lot of different projects, where it's like the name is still attached to the artist mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Depending how the piece is being shown, mm-hmm. the people who supposedly you're helping are just oftentimes just uh, pawns right. or tools or for the artist's um, mm-hmm. gain. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these different, co- you know, arguments like, oh, like maybe this is so that other change can happen. And mm-hmm. but still, like it's it's a tug of war that it's um, I think no very few artists have really figured out who yeah. work in socially engaged artworks. Yeah. It's a lot. I I thought too, because uh, I've been a teaching artist for so long, and so I was like, yeah, I definitely enjoy like working with the community. Da, da, da. But then, like, that's a job. Like, yeah, I was yeah. getting paid to do that. Yeah. So then I enter this space where like 
I was like, well, because for so long I would do the teaching artist things, but there were things that I, I didn't like about certain aspects of it. So I was like, oh, if I do my own situation, I can do and teach and be a part of the community in the way that I want. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, no one's paying you for this. Yeah. <laughs> like in most cases, you're just shelling out your yeah. resources. Yeah. But um, I, I do find it to be, I, I enjoy it better. Yeah. Then when I did have a job doing it, yes, there are rough times where I'm like, what are you doing? Like, even when it comes to just like my supplies and my materials, it's like as an artist, you have these materials and tools that you like get and collect for yourself over the years and you hold dear. And then you open a community space and I've been like, okay, so this is no longer just mine. Yeah. I'm opening this up to people. And I've like, there's been times where I'm like, like, yeah, where's my space? Right, right. Um, just like I, this happened just last week. I had like this glitter that I had for like four years, and it's like one hundred and twenty five dollars a pound, and it's like really pretty glitter. And I usually keep it away, but and I have other glitters. But uh, there was a young lady who was here working, and she was like, "Do you have any other glitter?" Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like normally I'd be like, oh, no, this is. But I was just like we had been working. She was like an intern here. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go get her this other glitter. Yeah. And like I got it for her and I explained to her that it was like special. And she was like, oh, it's so pretty. And da, da, da. And then she did like. She's all of it. Oh, um, no. A lot of it. Yeah. Um, and I was just like. You're like, all right. I was. Yeah. No, I was completely fine with it. Because at first I was like. Yeah. It was painful, yeah. but then like the thing that she made was so beautiful, and yeah. it's like it probably would have been nice with the other glitter, but it was like it was beautiful, and she knew that the other glitter wasn't enough for what she was making. Yeah, yeah. And so like she loved it, like it looked like something someone would want to just like own. Yeah, yeah. And so like I was cool. I was like, I'll get more glitter. Yeah. So it's like stuff like that where it's just like, and there's like, yo, I. Could, I had that thing for four years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I used it a couple of times, but it was like, it was time to like. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, what is it? The Japanese one, Mary Kondo, you know? Tell me I no. Mary or Marie Kondo. It's this mm-hmm. Japanese woman and she has this philosophy for keeping your house clean. Mm-hmm. And so you go to each object and then you hold it and then you close your eyes and then you ask yourself, does this object or thing give me joy? And if you don't have that answer, you throw it away. Oh, I'm gonna have to do that. But like I don't I don't I think as an artist it's hard to do because artists are about collecting things and finding <laughs> yeah. objects. But usually if I don't use an object for about a year mm-hmm. or more, I probably won't. Right, right. Or at least until I get a space. Maybe once I get like my own space yeah. with a lot of room, maybe, maybe I'll, 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 for, I'll actually just start collecting, collecting and yeah. not really thinking about right. it. But it's, you know, it's I, I've been moving so much that I've just been forced in a sense to like, be to like okay, is rid. this useful? And like, if it's not in a year, then I have to toss it out. Yeah. But there's always that one time where you're like, oh, like this piece that I've been holding on to for like four years and then it came the into use, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. So it's hard. It's like this constant uh, tug of war with yourself. Like, yeah. will I actually use it? Yeah. You know? No, yeah. Darnell's the same way as you. Like, he's been so many places and he's had to get rid of things so many times that it's a lot easier for him. 
I was primarily a painter, but I actually started doing assemblage seriously because I'm a pack rat. Yeah. It like runs in my family. Yeah. It has helped me. Like also having this space has helped me. Yeah. Like when the children come in and like I can bring out this stuff mm-hmm. and the stuff just goes. Like at first it was like, but now it's just it bye. Yeah, yeah. So like that's been very, very helpful. Just being able to let things go. Yeah. And let other people create things with it. And it's helped my personal practice. That part has helped my personal practice. Yeah, in what there's, way? There's certain things like having the space that have helped my personal practice because like being in contact with so many people, I don't take myself as seriously because like I'm not confined and my work isn't the most important thing anymore. Yeah. Like for a long time, like my work was like most important. And then I feel like now my work is reflective of people which is most important mm. like i i would say that's the space and dotty that has like made that happen it just opened me up like they'll come in and they'll ask for certain things and i'll be like hey i don't make art about that why don't i <laughs> there's just certain things that like it has added like i feel yeah, like yeah. i'm richer yeah my work is better um just curious uh what's any plans for future shows yeah or the future for the um, flower house if you're mm-hmm. gonna stay here and move on um any new changes to how you're gonna run it as a community center yes definitely changes <laughs> uh we would like to stay in wilkinsburg but we also once i feel like once we've figured this whole thing out um we'd also like to be in other places in pittsburgh as well uh, ideally, when our three years is up here in this space, uh, we would want to hopefully have made an impression on Wilkinsburg enough so that it's not a space that me and Darnell run personally. Yeah, yeah. But that we're always a part of, but that Wilkinsburg has claimed for yeah. themselves. Yeah. And we can help open another flower house here in Wilkinsburg. Yeah. Um, we would like to have other spaces in other areas, other black communities here in Pittsburgh, because like we feel like creating is a part of like our key to survival. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a, something that humans must do. In a lot of black communities, not a lot of people feel that they should be creating art. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't look at it as something that is their own. Or that they're allowed to do. Or that right? they're allowed to do. Because like when they look around, when you go to museums with your school, if you go to museums with yeah, your school. Yeah, if you can even right, get there can, for right, to go in. It's like when you get there, people are looking at you. Uh, yeah. Like me and Darnell always joke about like when we go as a family to different places, like we're yeah. always like like follow kind of yeah um it's just we don't own it yeah you know and i'm not saying black people don't own art or any of that stuff like i mean talking about like as a whole community as a system as institution i would like to see yeah us yeah there and so like i feel like having these little hubs where people are able to just walk in mm-hmm. create something or walk in watch other people create yeah and just know that it's a, it's for them and a part of their lives mm-hmm. um i think that it will change a lot of things for us yeah um because i feel like once they start we start creating we'll be able to create like situations for ourselves and better lives for ourselves. And we won't be dependent on other people to determine things for us. Yeah. Um, because like, it's like a lot of generational trauma yeah. and like it needs to be exercised out. And I think mm-hmm. that, uh, art 
is the perfect tool for that because like it's one of the only things that I've had in my life that like I've been able to work outside the constraints of like things given to me and the constraints of society like when you start making art you're able to go into these little spaces that like people aren't even aware are there because you've invented it yeah oh yeah art would be important in us determining like um a solution to our problems and the Mm. things that like are really haunting us yeah and like taking advantage of us yeah yeah so yeah um so Going forward, like in the recent months, hopefully we'll be able to do some traveling. We are planning to travel down to Houston and see what's happening at Project Row House mm-hmm. and then check out some other places throughout the year that are community spaces, art spaces that like engage with the community so that we can uh, learn some things and become better at what we think we want to do. Yeah. Um, we right now we have the exhibition up. Uh, Mel D, he does awesome poor art. And after that, we are going to probably take a little break because we'll be traveling. But we want to do something awesome in October because there'll be so much activity here for the Carnegie International Mm. that we want to just figure out what would be our Carnegie International. What would be our flower house? Oh, we have to make it international. So that's key. Yeah. But um, what would be our flower house international? Different people have suggested things. People who aren't in the arts world were like, October is important to me. So yeah. I was like, wow, do you know that that's important in Pittsburgh for oh, yeah. art? So yeah, we want to figure something out for October, something big for Wilkinsburg to be able to enjoy art. Um, and yeah, traveling that flower house, seeing where we, what we need. And uh, raising Dottie. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I answer every point of the question. Is there, is there anything you want to talk about that we didn't? Or? <sighs> no. No. But there will always be like afterwards. There yeah. will have been. I was like, oh, I didn't get to talk about that. Yeah. Um, no, just uh, really grateful. I do want to talk about this. Really grateful for everyone that has helped me in my art career. Individual artists. Uh, my husband, uh, curators that mm-hmm. I've come across who have decided Kilo Love. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Wilkinsburg. Everyone in Wilkinsburg. Like, um, I'm just really excited. My family. Cool. All right. Thank you, Naomi. Mm-hmm. Thank Bye. you. Very nice talking to you. Yeah. Seeing Color is recorded, edited, and produced by myself, Ziyuan Chung. Original music by Alex Chow. You can find more information on the website, www.seeingcolorpod.com, or on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, under the handle Seeing Color Pod. If you enjoyed this show, please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and give Seeing Color a five-star review. This really helps others discover the show and provides greater visibility for everyone on Seeing Color. Again, thank you so much for listening, and goodbye for now.